What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only, Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler and I talk about all of the early free agency action going on in the NFL as the new league year starts and we get closer to the draft, as well as the blockbuster trades that have some big names switching teams. We also discuss some of the headlines across the NBA as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Don't forget to enter the 2019 TSK Show Bracket Challenge on the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or webpage. Just search the group name TSK Show MM Challenge to join the group or go to any of our social media profiles to find the link and you'll have your chance to win a $25 Visa gift card. Selection Sunday is this Sunday, so be on the lookout for that and get excited for the TSK Show Bracket Challenge. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's good, TP? Well, it's so it's always fun trying to sift through all those free agency moves. It's always a good time in sports when everybody's moving everywhere. Yeah, get you excited for for the new Madden. Get you excited <laughs> for fantasy football. For the obviously for the actual football season in general. Um, but yeah, there's always there's already been a ton of movement. Yeah, you know it's it's funny we we so were talking day, day two or what day yeah three. But yeah basically day two three whatever yeah. but it's funny we were talking during the Super Bowl how the NBA was basically stealing the headlines uh, with the trade deadline talk with Anthony Davis and the Lakers and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and now it seems like in the middle of the the regular season playoff push where all these teams are fighting for their spot in the playoffs. The NFL free agency just comes right back in, and it's all oh, yeah. about football. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the uh, whenever free agency opens for the NFL and the, the NBA, it's always the main headline. What everybody's watching. Yeah. So before we get into the free agency stuff, uh, a few trades have also taken place. Uh, two of which actually took place a few weeks ago that we already knew about, but we kind of haven't talked about. Uh, and we'll get to the big ones uh, in a few minutes. But the first one I want to talk about was Joe Flacco getting traded to Denver uh, for a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. And then, obviously, Denver shipped out Case Keenum to Washington for a 2026th-round pick. So we got Joe Flacco in a new in a new situation, Case Keenum in another new situation. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you, what do you think about we that? We had Bortles traded. Oh, Bortles uh, Foles traded to Jacksonville, or did he sign? No, he signed. So we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, no, I mean they were they're good moves. I think for both uh, both those franchises, Denver. I definitely think uh, Joe Flacco's got something left in the tank. So that's a good. And and I also feel like they're more ready to go. So Joe Flacco will be able to come in, learn the offense quick, and get them rolling. Uh, Case Keenum. That's more of a toss up. 
but I definitely think it's a good filler for now. Like, yeah, because while what? Alex Smith's future is in, you know, kind of the balance. Yeah. They don't necessarily know if they want to go quarterback in the first round of the draft. I think he's kind of just a good placeholder where you, you could get the Case Keenum that, you know, wins you a bunch of games. Yeah. Um, like he did in Minnesota. Or you could get last year's Case Keenum. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's it's the perfect placeholder while Alex Smith is out for the year and maybe uh, his career might unfortunately be done. Yeah. And then with, with Joe Flacco, I, I love the move that Denver made getting an established yeah. quarterback because they have the established defense. And now they got it. Now they got to get it right on offense. They've been so bad in the draft, drafting quarterbacks. They just blow it um, constantly, or it's just not the right fit. The Seahawks actually signed Paxton Lynch, so oh. we'll see if a second, you know, a second chance will help out uh, Paxton Lynch. All right. So another trade that happened was a somewhat of a homecoming, and it was kind of an ugly exit the first go around, and that's Deshaun Jackson getting traded back to Philly. Yep. Uh, from Tampa for a dra- meals all. for a draft pick, yeah. Uh, Chip Kelly's gone. Don't don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure Deshaun Jackson's happy to be to be on a winning football team again. Yeah, I think he's stoked for it. Definitely. Um, he's he gets to play alongside another s- similar you know receiver, Mike Evans with Alshon Jeffries. Yeah. Uh, I think he likes to be complimented with a big you know red zone threat because that just opens up for him to just run downfield. Exactly. Now, the the biggest news was obviously Antonio Brown getting traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third and a, a fifth round draft pick in this year's draft. But Tuesday night, we were supposed to record. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we had to push it back to today because we would have missed the biggest shock, I think, in probably recent memory in football, at least for me as far as trades and I think trades are becoming a lot more prevalent in football as uh as players start to yeah, get the, more power the, and the draft picks are just so much more valuable now exactly too. uh but out of left field Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded to the yeah. Cleveland Browns yeah it's you know it is out of left field because you know we didn't think that he would get traded or you know especially traded to the Browns but it's always hindsight's always 2020. I mean, and now it looks good. It's like, oh, well, Jarvis is there. Um, the magical formula for winning a Super Bowl, you know, is just surrounding your young quarterback with talent. Yeah. Um, they're kind of doing that. You know, I think they're all in on surrounding around Baker while he's cheap. Uh, spend all the money you can on these, these high profile players, and it's worked out well for them. Uh, I just don't think you could have ever. It was just like, what team's going to pull the trigger to trade for him? You just didn't know. So that's like one, you know, hindsight, it looks good and makes sense, but you never would have picked the Browns out of the other 31 teams probably. Yeah. I think most people probably thought he plays for the Giants this year. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Given that he just signed a five-year extension. But I think that was like the – I think it was the right move for both uh, – both the Giants and Odell. I think both. I think both parties uh, got better. Um, the Giants are moving on from everything other than Saquon. I think the teams. Just well, and they're definitely. Then they're keeping Eli clearly. Yep. Yep. And uh, they definitely have the worst quarterback situation in the league. Well, they do have the number seventeen overall pick now. Yep. And and there's As not a ton along of, with, along with I believe the number six. There's not a ton of bad like quarterback scenarios in the NFL, so they're not competing with a ton of people. So. 
They might be able to actually upgrade that position, but it's going to be – I'd say they give Blake Bortles a shot. Uh, just, saw- just, again, another thing where if he could get into another uh, surrounding, given another opportunity, get out of the you know top three pick pressure of Jacksonville, now he's just a free agent. Eli's still there. Well, uh, I, saw, I saw that the Giants might also be interested in Josh Rosen. Yeah, and that'd be that would be. I huge. think that's a much better move than that'd Blake be, Bortles. Well, yeah, obviously, if you can get a young, I think Arizona's crazy for trading uh, Rosen, but if they really want to go Kyler Murray, they have to. Yeah. Now let let's talk about AB for a second because he was able to renegotiate his deal and get paid and get a lot more money guaranteed than Pittsburgh was going to give him. Yep. Which was the goal, I think. Yeah. So he geez. thinks he's the best. He thinks he's the best receiver in football and he wanted to be compensated for it. And he wanted to go to somewhere where they felt he felt like he was loved. And uh, Oakland. Yeah, it's a weird one. That's a weird one for him to play at. Well, and they cut Jordy Nelson. So he's clearly the number one. I thought they were going to try and pair the two together and hope no, that Jordy Jordy's probably doesn't got a ton of good days left in him. I don't, I don't know if his. I don't know if he can still be productive at a high rate. You know what I mean? I think he ends up going to a contender to be kind of a role player wide receiver. You think he goes back to Green Bay? That would be cool. I mean, that would be dope. I think that would be smart, but that's kind of like a – I don't know. That would be a tough move for him to, to get in there. I don't know if they would be down with that because when he was there, he was a star. Now he's not. I don't know if that – you know, adjusting – adjusting to the you know your role in the same franchise would probably be harder yeah than adjusting at some other team and now here what's crazy to me and i'm, I'm looking at the details uh, uh, oakland's gonna sell jerseys they oh. got the flashy they got the flashy wide receiver they got the star um just trying to make everything easier as far as the transition into you know this what Gruden era. you know what this makes me think of what's that randy moss and jerry rice yeah both of them yeah, no, I mean, and Jerry Rice, that was a, uh, that one made a little more sense because they were contenders. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Randy Moss. But I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders technically still look at themselves as contenders, even though they had a down year well, last, last year. They last year they tanked. They got exactly. They, they traded, did it on purpose. You know, yeah, they traded away Cleo Mack. They traded away Amari Cooper. Um, I think they just, you know, Marshawn got hurt. I think they just completely it was just like threw in the bag for last year because they were a better team than they produced on paper. Got 100%. Rid of Bruce, got rid of Bruce Irvin, you know. Um, so this year I think their their goal is just to get better. I don't know if their goal is to get to the playoffs this year or not. I mean, I'm sure every team starts out that way. But well, I, would, I think I would their big think. picture, their big picture is just to be better, closer to a winning football team. Um because they they really want to be they want to be a contender when they get to Las Vegas. Yeah, and I mean they have to stick stick around one more year in Oakland this yeah. this year, which was uh, wasn't supposed to be the case. No, it was not. There's only supposed to be two years left. I I bet Marshawn's pissed about that because he kind of <laughs> I got to assume that part of him coming back was to be part of the farewell tour of, yeah, for Oakland. Now, exactly. Now he might not be there. Yeah, but what's what's crazy to me and we'll we'll turn this around to the Pittsburgh side of this trade is i think they got they got robbed who pittsburgh well getting a, yeah no they no. gave them away yeah they gave them away for nothing but 
I like what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done. I mean, they just basically have put a line in the sand. Well, clearly. That they're they're not big. You know, no. It's just you You say this all the time about the Lakers. There's no one. Yeah. The name on the back isn't big, bigger than the name on the front. Or 100%. The fuck that, that 100%. Is. I think that's what the Steelers have done with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. They said, listen, we'll give you up to a certain amount. And then after that, we're not negotiating. And yeah. they played hardball. And they have the next man up mentality with skilled players especially um james connor's ready juju's ready yeah there's always james another, washington's ready there's always another player i mean i've seen so many steelers step into that number one spot and leave or step up in that number two spot and leave i mean that's just how they do it they're not gonna they're making their franchise more important than one player and that's i think a character uh, a characteristic of champions yeah you know they they win super bowls i've seen them you know, I've seen them win two trophies in my life, so yeah, can't knock them. I think they're making the right moves. All right, Juju's gonna be a monster. This oh yeah, next year. oh Juju's gonna have over a thousand yards yeah. and probably fifteen touchdowns. And like you said, James Washington will be a second year player now with them, and then you know the draft's coming up. They're probably getting yet another young receiver somewhere. You know, in the middle rounds, just like all these other guys. Watch they somehow end up with DK Metcalf. That could happen. <laughs> Draft day. Yeah, but all right. Let's let's talk about the free agents that have switched teams, mm-hmm. and obviously the big one we just mentioned him, Le'Veon Bell. He signed with the New York Jets. Yep. And it it is, was the name I kept throwing out every time we talked about Le'Veon throughout the year, uh, just because they were like the the two or three names that were had the most salary cap. Like every time it was like, oh, Oakland's Oakland's going to be in the mix. The Jets are going to be in the mix because they have the most money. Yeah, so he signed he signed a four year contract worth fifty two and a half million dollars. Uh, it includes twenty five million fully guaranteed. Yep. And to be honest, I don't think him sitting out the entire season was all that worth it. After looking at this contract that he got. No, I mean, he didn't want to. The Steelers just played hardball, and so he had to kind of, you know, play play that game if that's really how he wanted to, you know, play it. But he stayed healthy. Yeah. He's, I don't know, know. He got paid. Um, he Maybe not much as much as he wanted to, but he got paid, and he's out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, but is he really going to win that much more in New York? No, he's not. definitely not going to win more than he did in Pittsburgh and New York, but I don't know if that's necessarily, you know. He might be looking at things differently than me and you are. Uh, yeah, clearly. I mean, he 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 obviously has the kind of attitude where it's like where he goes is the contender, you know. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if he's that that player yet, and he doesn't play he made, that position. Yeah, and he made really you know the the young quarterback. That's a that's a big time trend and a big time formula for success is you know talent loading up with underpaid quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Well, there was a there was a bunch of like you know Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram. I think yeah, both like, going to Baltimore. That's big time for Baltimore. Um, to to replace Eric Weddle, who went to the Rams, who's a big time pickup for the Rams. Yeah. Um, and Earl Thomas replaces him in Baltimore. Baltimore lost a lot, but I think those two are are definitely going to be able to um you know, help out with those losses. Yeah. To, Mark to me, Ingram and Lamar Jackson is going to be nice. Yeah. It, that's a, that's definitely a great combo. And what, what's crazy to me. And like, like you said, it's Cleveland did a lot 
Mm-hmm. Baltimore did some did a few things. They just got two big names. They didn't necessarily do a bunch, you know. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't like fill all these holes. They didn't get a ton of guys, but they got Earl Thomas, who is you know, you know, you know who yeah. he is. He's a perennial Pro Bowler, uh, All Pro safety, and then you got Mark Ingram, who's been a productive running back in one of the best offenses in football for the last six, seven years. So big-time pickups there. The other team I thought that did really good that's kind of low-key, no big name, but where they where they where where their signees were is just crucial for this team is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they uh, did. They, the Buffalo Bills, they got that, that solid – that Sean McDermott defense, um, and they got their young quarterback, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. and they just loaded him up with weapons on offense. I mean, Cole Beasley, John Brown, and Andre Roberts – Roberts probably signed as more of a kick returner, but John Brown and Cole Beasley, yeah, two great slot receivers, guys that can do a, a, run a lot of different routes, super productive. They signed Frank Gore to come in to complement with Shady. Frank Gore, man, still doing it. Um, Shady, Shady, and Frank Gore have the most yards for a career combined than any two running backs on the same team ever. Jeez, no, no, no two running backs have been on the same team have more yards than those guys. And then they also sign. They also get a center, a tackle, and a tight end. So they really went out and tried to upgrade the offense around Josh Allen. So those are like names you're not necessarily going to think are huge names, but I think their team really um, upgraded. And and then Ha Ha Clinton Dix and Buster Scrying going to an already stacked Chicago team. <laughs> yeah, that that just boosts their defense. Um, they're gonna they're gonna keep uh, they're gonna keep getting better and better they're they're going to be a problem in the nfc um let me see and then we got we got nick Foles, like we mentioned earlier going to jacksonville which is probably the biggest free agent pickup uh outside of levy on bell yeah uh just because he's a quarterback and he's been such a hot topic of what's going to happen with him but jacksonville scored i think there i definitely think that nick Foles scored too because for them to give him a four-year deal, I think that was a bad move for Jacksonville. <laughs> Obviously, a good move for Nick Foles. Yeah, he but got paid. If I'm Jacksonville, I'm trying to sign a two, two, one or two-year deal. Um, I don't know if Nick Foles is like the answer for four years. He's shown me, you know, great play, Super Bowl MVP, and he showed me average he, play. So that's less a lot than of, average play. Less than average play. So that's a lot. That's a lot of risk on that one. That one can go a lot of different ways. Yeah. Now how about how about Landon Collins basically setting the safety market on fire by just taking a huge payday from Washington and not not really going to I think a contender but really just getting paid for and thinking no, getting well, what he's dude, worth. This is what the Redskins do. The the Redskins are about this. Albert Hainsworth they did this shit too. Yeah. Josh Norman they did this shit too. I mean the, the, this is what they do. They sign the biggest defensive free. I never understand why. <laughs> I never understand why defensive stars go to Washington, and I've seen it a bunch of different times. I mean, they've had they they took Sean Springs, and he gets to play the Giants twice a year now. Yeah, no, and that's another thing is that that's a that also helps big time. And that was the same with uh, uh, Djack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, and people and people move within division a lot just because they're they're familiar and they want to play their old team. Yeah. But uh, Landon Collins is a stud. That's a that's a good def- that defense. Well, yeah, out to be real nice. Well, Swearinger, Norman, and now Landon Collins. That's yep. that's a nice. Yeah, and they still got Kerrigan on the uh, on the edge. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, they could be they could be all right. I still don't see them as a playoff team though. 
So I really liked Honey Badger going to Kansas City. That was huge. And I like that he addressed his motivation for winning is why he went there. Yeah. Um, so that that's always good to see. And he's one of my favorites. So Kansas City also ended up uh, trading D Ford and then franchising Justin Houston. Yep. So uh, which I think was a pretty um, I don't for lack of a better word, noble thing to do just because I think D Ford is the younger, more athletic guy but justin houston's just done so much for you over the years that i think justin houston still has a slight edge but long term d4 probably would have been the better pay yeah but he goes to, he goes to a young and up-and-coming team in san francisco which is a nice real ni- yeah and a real nice fit um now wait hold on a second let's i want to backtrack a little because right. we didn't we didn't really talk about it that much obj going to cleveland uh-huh that whole core that they now have in Cleveland. Yeah. Are they the favorites to win the AFC North now? Mm. Because of everything that has happened to that conference in the last three days? Well, I mean, I think all the people that are just like sitting watching SportsCenter all the time are definitely going to think that they're the favorite because they're kind of the sexy pick. On Yeah, on paper, they're the sexy pick right now. Yeah, yeah but it's still tough to go against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still like. I mean, just like be, just because of. I mean, just because history tells me the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> win this division, and history tells us that the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. And, and I think Cincinnati is not a threat. Baltimore is kind of like a bubble team right now. I think they're kind of one of those teams that's fighting for a wild card spot. But um, but this division's still loaded. I mean, Baltimore is a good team. Browns have a great have a great opportunity to be good, and uh, the the Steelers I think are going to be solid. So yeah, but I mean they could definitely win the division. I, th- I think they're I mean I think they're ready to pop. I think if this team has fun winning. They're going to be like scary this year. They're they're definitely I think they could win ten games Rams, this year. Chiefs, Saints, teams like that. That's the kind of that's the kind of high powered offense they could have this year. Yeah, and they have and they have some studs on defense as well. That that definitely helps out. Yeah. That Miles Garrett pick, man, it, it looks better and better. Yeah. Um, oh, here's another name we haven't talked about, and it's one that uh, we haven't talked about in over a year. Oh, Jason Witten. Yeah. Yeah, no. What What the hell? Someone, um, God, who was it? Was it Steve Smith? Did oh yeah, he was like, <laughs> I, "I'm good. I'm actually good on TV, so I'm gonna stay up here." Yeah. Instead of coming out of retirement. I mean, is that's a weird. That's are a we weird gonna one to are me. we gonna see the Jason Witten of old? Like, I wonder if it's financially motivating. If it's no. financially motivated, you know. I don't think it has anything to do with finances. I think it has everything to do with he was getting killed, yeah. killed on social media. But that doesn't mean anything. Like going out and playing doesn't like he's still bad on TV. He was horrible. It's that's a weird one, but we'll see how that works out. I don't know if he's gonna be too productive. He's gonna be. But he saw Antonio Gates do it. Probably it was just like fuck. I can well, do this. and um, Zach Ertz passed his record, so he was like, "Shit, I gotta get, get gotta get a few more touchdowns under my belt." That'd be that'd be crazy if he ended up getting that back. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> wild. That'd be dope, though. That'd be super cool. I, I I have to admit. Um, what do we think about? There's a. I mean the. There's real quick. This isn't anything we have to go in too deep to. Is Uh-oh. Michael Bennett to New England? Oh, I, I mean, that's huge. That's that's cool. I don't think he's. I mean, 
he's still a stud. He can still like get. I mean, he can still probably get close to ten sacks. But uh, it's just gonna be cool that he's playing for a ring again, like he always does. Yeah. And uh, they they might. I hope they sign Martellus Bennett. That'd be dope if I they hope, brought him yeah, back. Brought him back. So. Um, the, here here's one that stood out to me, and it's a it's a one year deal, but it was for I think it was like thirteen million dollars. So it's pr- it's pretty much like a prove me deal because this guy this guy was hurt uh, for the majority of last year, but that's Devin Funches going to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and Funches has been like Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton likes that guy. That's that's a weird one. He could, uh, but playing for the Colts, they're always a franchise that gets a lot out of receivers. Yeah, always having such a great quarterback and such a great offense. Um, you know, you get some guys that can run good routes and get open. They're gonna make plays. Yeah, and then uh, we we talked about how Mark Ingram went to Baltimore, but we didn't talk about how, and that's all because the Saints decided to sign Latavius Murray. Yeah, which is weird. I don't know. I think they just wanted there to be no like, who's the guy? You know, because I guess because it is Camara. It's Camara for sure, and so they probably felt like. I, I think it's a touches thing. Like, instead of trying to give Mark Ingram less touches and Kamara more touches, they're going to give Kamara more touches and bring in a guy that's not expecting, right. you know, a, that a doesn't true want, backup. Yeah, that doesn't want 25, 20 to 25 touches. Latavius wants, like, 8 to 10. Yeah. And so then you can, you know, then you can bump up Kamara without upsetting, like, an Ingram, and you just let him fly, you know, get – go somewhere where you can get what you what you want and he's going to get 25 touches minimum uh you know between yeah he's the lead back now between catching and, and rushing with lamar jackson yeah um and then obviously the rams we talked about a little bit uh re-signing dante fowler signing eric weddle mm-hmm. uh as a replacement for lamarcus joiner going to the oakland raiders which i think is a great fit for lamarcus yep you guys your guys' defense looking more and more like that Raiders defense from like 2000, where it's yeah. just a bunch of big names, a bunch of it looks like a Pro Bowl roster. Yeah, um, but we got you got to make it all work. You know what I mean? It doesn't really mean much if you have Akib Talib and Eric Weddle and and Dominican Sue. They got to <laughs> we got on the field and win. Yeah, uh, and, and then down at, down in Carson, Thomas Davis coming over from the Panthers signing with the Chargers. Yeah, that's dope. It's cool that he's still rolling. Yeah. I can't believe and then it. they signed Tyrod Taylor to which be to be a backup for Phillip, which, which is I, good. yeah, I mean, yep. I think that's cool no, that Tyrod's smart. getting another another chance. Anytime you got a quarterback that's like 35 or over, you have to have a backup quarterback just in case. I don't care if it's, you know, the the Patriots have backup quarterbacks. It's you you just have to do it. You never know when, you know, they can get they're just they can get hurt. They can yeah. fall off, you know. So the there can be a little bit taken off their velocity. You never know. Yeah. So I think that's a good that's a good like insurance move for them because they're a good team. So they don't want to lose the season because they lose Philip Rivers. Yeah. But the Seahawks, um, real quick, they haven't made any splash as far as like players that weren't on the Seahawks. But I thought they did a good job at bringing back the players that we wanted to bring back. So okay. You know, re-sign KJ Wright, which was huge. We yeah. had to get him back. Uh, we re-signed uh, Frank Clark with the franchise tag, which is big time. So now, you know, we got two outside guys. And then Michael Kendricks re-signing, which is dope. That's, 
Uh, he's been such. He's been so much fun to watch with the Seahawks. What What's going on with his situation now? No one knows. But yeah, when when they let him play, he balls out <laughs> for the Seahawks. So uh, isn't he supposed to be in jail? I think I think he's already done with all. I think that's been served. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure it was like pretty light. I mean, it was like a white collar crime. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. And then the one, the one, the one name we did get that I th- feel like is worth mentioning is Jason Myers, the kicker. <laughs> it's like we all oh, we're we're still on the search for a kicker. We're one of those teams in the NFL where kickers hurt us extremely. I miss bad. John Ryan and Stephen Hauschka. Yeah, I miss too. those guys. Well, I, John Ryan, I miss him, but I mean, I don't necessarily miss him on the field. Well, just because we got the best player in the league in Michael Dixon <laughs> playing punter, and then. Uh, but kicker Hauschka, we've definitely missed. We yeah. need we need our Hauschka, our Goskowski. We need that guy um, again. Yeah. Um, oh, another another name that uh, we didn't talk about uh, leaving Baltimore, and I never thought I th- would think this would yeah. happen. T Sizzle. Yeah, T Sizzle going to the Valley of the Sun. Yep. Um, I think that's just to extend his career. You know, yeah. It's probably it was probably time for them this. You know part ways because the Ravens are kind of shifting gears into this high, you know, high octane offensive style of football. Yeah. They're not the smash mouth defensive of Run old. the ball. Yeah. They're not the same team. So and I think he still f- probably feels like he's got some years left. So go to Arizona where it's sunny. You get the best. Everybody recovery. retires in Arizona. Yeah. And it's just like, it's easy on your body. They've got it. They've got a weird situation there where, They've got a lot of they've got a lot of pieces and and the number one draft pick and they've got a lot of options. They could they could go a lot of different ways still. So yeah, they signed Jr. Sweezy, a good offensive guard. Oh, he, they signed he Kevin, left Seattle. Yep, they signed Kevin White, who has been riddled with injuries, but was like a top fifteen pick at yeah. wide receiver. Um, they the Cardinals also got Brett Hundley, so now they got the last. Oh. Two. They have the last Jeez. two UCLA quarterbacks. Arizona's just loading up with Bruins. But, the you know, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, T-Sizzle. No, they still got some decent pieces. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they'll, they'll be a little bit more competitive than they were last year. And, and with the number one pick, I think they're going to be able to do a lot, whether they trade Rosen and get, you know, double down on their value or they keep Rosen and take someone else in number one. It'll be – the the NFC West got got better so far. Definitely, definitely, I I definitely agree with that. Uh, you got anybody else you want to talk no, about? No, no, I think we 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 rolled through most of it pretty quick. Yeah. Hold on a sec. My my notes are bugging real quick. Oh no, we're back up. Here we go. All right. So, yeah, I mean the draft the draft is what uh, about a month and a half away. Oh, so, it was a great time. Um, it's it's interesting we. I was listening to ESPN radio today and they had Kevin Demoff from the Rams uh, on one of the shows. And he said that they're already basically in phase two of free agency. And we're only like two, three days in. And it's just crazy to me how yeah. robust this market was. Yeah. Like it, it, it was pretty top heavy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, uh, he, what he means by that is all those tier one guys are gone now. Yeah. Now you start to find the gems, start to fill out your position groups, see where you can get better in little ways. Yeah. Just by adding depth. Yeah, but 
So, I mean, well, the once the draft happens, it's gonna be the dust will settle a little bit. We'll know, we'll know what we're working with. But we got all the coaches settled in. Yeah, I think we got mo- we got most of the free agency settled in. The quarterback uh, roulette will will finish after the draft, most likely. Yeah. So I mean, really, you know, the NFL season's just wait on that draft, and then it's gonna be good to go. Yeah. So uh, let's transition then into some basketball. And we're going to talk a little bit of Lakers. Uh, I know we've been pretty Lakers heavy uh, the last two weeks. So we'll talk talk a little bit about what's going on because I think it's important to note that LeBron did exactly the complete opposite of what we thought, uh, both Tyler and I thought he was going to do. We both said last week that we didn't think LeBron was going to sit or rest during this last stretch of the season, but apparently LeBron's own personal trainer yeah. had a conversation with Which, the Lakers. I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better because, you know, I feel like his team basically kind of forced yeah, the hand. I, exactly. I don't know if this was necessarily his decision or yeah. something he wants to do, but, you know, when your team is telling – when everybody's on the same page, you kind of got to go with it. Yeah, but – so he's basically going to be on a minutes restriction – uh, the last stretch of the season, they got 15 games left. They're currently playing in Toronto. I'm not sure the score. They're losing by 11. Shit. Whole, uh, oh, never mind. I thought it was the second quarter. I was like, God, this score is. Oh. Now it's actually, uh, it's it's two minutes left in the third. They're down 11. Okay. Uh, but so LeBron's on a minute restriction, and he's not going to either play the first game of a back-to-back or he's not going to play the second game of a back-to-back, whichever they decide. Yeah, all this shit sucks. It's all It all tastes bad. It's all fucking it's all terrible to watch. It's yeah. all it's just like now it's like the the whole like off season speculation bullshit where we don't know what next year's team like now we're all on next year now. Yeah. Like that's what page every Laker fan has turned the page and so it's like this year's already done. We already have to start all this bullshit of what's gonna happen, who's getting traded, what are the changes that we're gonna make, who's getting fired. Well it's all starting this now. This is this is how it's that's, been that's this, where we're at now. This is how it's been the last five, six years. But yeah. as you said, since we gotta look forward, let's fucking l- bring the Sonics back, <laughs> goddammit. So I don't have to deal with this dramatic bullshit. So let let's look forward. The Lakers have a seven point one percent chance at a top four pick. Yeah. Uh Right now, it's looking like I think that focusing anyone, any Laker fan focusing their energy on drafts is not my fucking kind of Laker fan. Well, hold on, hold I on. Think, I think that like nothing, nothing's good. Nothing's not. There's nothing positive to look for anymore. We just got to start winning games. I, and until the team listen. can get on the court next year, it's it's gonna be all a bunch of, talking about a bunch of bullshit. I hate it. <laughs> You're telling me. I hate, I hate it as well. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, we get the fourth pick. That's not – I'm not pumped about that. But here's the thing. We could turn that into make, something. It only makes it more confusing. I just think our team's destined to be blown apart in trades. It's not going to, though, because – listen. The the thing I did like, though, that was kind of like a spark of light uh, was that LeBron's comments on treating the last 15 games like playoff games because they're all against playoff teams for the most part – and playing together, and that made me feel like he planned, like he hopes that Kuzma and Josh Hart and Rondo, well, no, fuck Rondo, maybe, fuck maybe Rondo. not Rondo, no, fuck Rondo, but it, those young guys, maybe he feels like some of these guys will be back. Well, and what's interesting is 
Brandon Ingram has been shut down for the rest of the year because he has, I believe it's called deep vein thumb thumbrosis, which is basically like a, mm. a blood clot, which you usually get in your legs. Yeah, you pronounce that beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, right on par. Perfect. Um, you usually get those in your legs, but he got one in his shoulder, and yeah. that's actually where that shoulder tightness, out, which out of nowhere came from. Uh, it's I'm, it's good that the Lakers training staff caught it this early because obviously that's life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically from everything that I've read and heard on like his diagnosis and comparing it to, to other cases is – He's basically Chris Bo- Chris Bosh. He's on the verge of it. Yeah, that's where he's tiptoeing. Yeah, yeah. which is scary. Yeah, for a 21 year old yeah. in his third year in the league. But on the flip side, as a Laker fan and as the Lakers front office, if he if he does come back 100 percent healthy, the blood clots don't return, and I pray to God that he is 100 percent healthy when all of this is over. Other NBA GMs have said to reporters that Brandon Ingram is basically now untradeable. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so now the Lakers are putting their hopes on, you know, a kid's health, which is not, I mean, it's good, but it's not, it's good in the sense of like, yeah, if everything works out perfectly, we get him because everyone's scared about his health. But like, we should probably be one of those teams that's scared about his health. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, I mean, with and with Lonzo, you know, him missing so much time uh, this year. Yeah, and last is he year. now is he now designated as injury prone and, and he's untradeable? And I definitely think that there's an injury worry there, uh, but I don't think he's labeled as injury prone yet. He's still so young. Yeah, he's no, still I got agree. A lot of time. And I don't a think lot he's of people that have bounced back from, you know, multiple injuries. Look early. at Steph Curry. Well, and it's like his 99. Yeah, exactly. Steph Curry and his 99 games. I mean, it's not like no one's. You know, there's been people that missed their whole rookie season, like yeah. Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid missed his first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Michael Jordan missed his whole second season. Mm-hmm. He played less than 99 or like right at 99 games uh, his first two years. So it's not it's not completely concerning, but that that's all that stuff comes from a Lakers perspective. Like, yeah, hoping that this isn't concerning. You know, right. I mean? I'm telling myself it's not concerning, but. It's definitely there now. It wasn't there before. So now you got two guys that are, you're kind of like on the verge about the other, you know, the Josh Hart's and the and the Kuzmas. You know, I think they're pretty much safe because they're not huge trade pieces. I mean, Kuzma could be nice packaged with some other stuff, you know, right. draft pick and this and that. But I don't think I think Kuzma is such a great fit with LeBron as a forward. That I agree. I don't think he's the one that's going to get shipped. Listen, I think the most ideal summer for the Lakers is to bring everybody back minus all of the one-year contracts, sign a big-name free agent. So KCP out. Gone. Yep. Reggie Bullock, gone. Like, yep. if if we have to re-sign some of them. No, like Mustala, no. Bullock, KCP, Rondo. McGee. McGee. Tyson. Lance. Tyson. All of them gone. That's the whole team. Yes. I know, but uh, that's that's what's gonna happen. But that's what, sure. but that's what was supposed to happen because they got signed to one-year deals. Mm-hmm. They knew that. Yeah, that but was all got, part of the we deal. We got to get the big name if we exactly. Don't. So that's the question: is what big name comes? Now it's tough. It's, it's tough. I don't know how because Anthony well, Davis isn't a free agent, right? He's still got to be traded. Exactly, and I think with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo getting shut down for the year and their injury concerns. 
I think the be, Anthony Davis trade is off the table now. Yeah, I don't think they have enough juice to trade for him. Uh, the the they need a five and they need a two. Like it has to be or like one or the other. It has to be one of those positions as the big name guy. It has to be. I mean. I don't know if Josh Hart's ready to be the starting two. I think he could be the starting two. I think he's a better six man than. But a, he's than a great, a... great two coming off the bench. Lonzo Ball, I hope, is our starting point guard. You know, I hope that our forwards are Kuz and James. And I know that that's why Bi gets left out of this a lot um, because it's just tough to fit. Like, I think at playing him at forward, I'd rather go Braun and Kuz. Yeah, playing him at guard. I like better than him playing at forward, but it's but still, they haven't like, seemed to figure it out. Yeah, they still haven't. Yeah, it just hasn't clicked quite yet. I don't but, know how. But you, that's also because they haven't had enough games time to together. play. Exactly. So, I mean, the injuries the scapegoat of this season, one hundred percent. Well, the injuries in Luke Walton, unfortunately. Yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't. I wouldn't. They just made a huge comeback. Yeah, they're well, down six like now. Like a seven zero run. They're down um, six. But yeah, I mean. I don't blame Luke Walton for this year. I blame injury. I mean, no, I don't. I don't I, blame Luke Walton completely for this year. Rondo, Lonzo, and Braun are the the three guys that handle our handle the rock. They're the ones that get our team going, and yeah. they're the ones that have missed the most time. And we're in the West. Yeah. So, I saw some stuff on Twitter, and this was this was mainly uh, towards the end of last week um, when they were still on that five game losing streak. And a lot of people were comparing this season to the 2012-2013 season mm-hmm. uh, when we had Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Yep. And people were basically saying, which year was worse, this year or 2012-2013? And in my, my opinion, 2012-2013 was much worse than yeah. this year. It's tough to, it is tough to compare those, though, because... You're right. There was title aspirations that year. So yeah, exactly. That, but the and the hard pill to swallow was the Achilles. That was the hardest pill to swallow. Was yeah, that, that because we, I mean, we knew that like yeah, Kobe's the guy that could come back from this, but we also knew that we saw someone walk off the court. Probably not ever going to see him the same ever again. It was a t- that was like one of the darkest days oh. of the NBA for me, probably, and obviously for you too. Yeah. So that's that. It was bad, but this is frustrating because we've been struggling for five years. I mean, that one well, we this, coming this off was coming championships. And and 2012-2013 really, I think, is the genesis of this downslide for the well, Lakers. And the Lakers did this that twice. I mean, the Gary Payton Malone experiment, just buying – Trying to buy big names in a row. It's like your guys' def- – your Rams defense. It's like that's <laughs> – you're buying these big names that look like in a video game would look like super crazy. It's like the Yankees. It's just yeah, exactly. It just doesn't necessarily always work out. Um, but this year's especially tough because they've been losing for five years, and we were just promised the world with LeBron. Right. So, so it's like we were we were it's over. Like we don't have to worry no more. We're back. We're back in the hunt. Right. We'll make the playoffs this year. And then we'll be a title contender the next year. You know what I right. mean? That's like what? So, yeah, the the aspirations and the goals were higher in that other season. But, like, this has just been hard to watch. The, they, 
There's no chemistry. Well, I mean, that 2012-2013 team was hard to watch, too. No, and it didn't have any chemistry either, and it was hard watching, you know, Steve Nash trying to be out there being productive when he was Well, he only played, like, two games. Yeah, he was way done at that point. Uh, And then Dwight Dwight didn't want to be there. Well, he rushed back because there was so much pressure from L.A. to to be the man. Yep, and he, he wasn't ready. He shouldn't have never been in L.A. Um, so that was all that was all bad, but this season's been super embarrassing. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's embarrassing, but the injuries kind of the injuries help that embarrassment a little bit, but uh, it's still just super bad to miss the playoffs after when you get LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, another highlight though from this year uh, has been LeBron James's individual achievements that he's been uh, accumulating. Uh, in a Laker jersey now. Um, yep, he's gone through like that that Peyton Manning run where he was just breaking every fucking record. Yeah, there was so he he moved into fourth all time on the all time scoring list, passing Michael Jordan against the Nuggets last week. Yeah, it's it's an amazing accomplishment. It's, Which is, I mean, it just says so much about him. This is like this is where it's like even when you don't like LeBron, you always got to like throw him in the mix. Exactly. Because it's like any other player, we would be talking about this so much. And it just gets swept on the rug because LeBron's it. We have a certain expectation for that guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you better, you got to be on your shit or, you know, it's just no, it's just no good. That's that's the only way we see it. What the we're, heck? We're getting, we're getting the, the, the lights just turned the, out in the, the studio. stand up comedy light. Uh oh. Like, turn it, turn it off, turn it off. Well, the good the good news is is everything's running. Yeah, we're still we're, we're still, still recording. recording. But, all right, uh, we're just gonna continue in the dark. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, back to us saying, you know, with with uh, with Braun passing Jordan, it's like any other player does this, and we're talking about this like for a while and well, how big of a deal it is. But we've just, like I said, we've come to expect so much from him that everything kind of gets swept under the rug with his career accomplishments. Well, and another. Another point to that, uh, he got a very lukewarm reception at Staples Center when it happened. I remember people aren't happy with him. No, not at all. They were like I said, we were promised the world. We were promised a playoff appearance, like no questions asked, and we were supposed to be a title contender next year, and we're not really any of those things. So people are upset they're they're in the now they don't care about what you've accomplished over your career exactly. which sucks and there's also the dynamic of the kobe lebron era so it's like well the lakers of all teams are going to be the hardest on you and i remember when kobe passed michael he was a on the road in minnesota mm-hmm. and b the game stopped yeah it like completely stopped, that's, and everybody, both teams, went up to Kobe congratulating yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, because I mean, because Kobe was the man. Like he, you know, he was the he was the guy that was the next Jordan. Uh, he kind of carried that torch, and LeBron's kind of been the anti-hero, the guy that's hated. Um, and but my and my thing is is like Kobe was a scorer. LeBron's not even a scorer. Yeah, he, that's, we talk about him being like a facilitator and he just passed Michael Jordan scoring. Exactly. That's what's mo- that in my opinion that is what's most remarkable about LeBron James yeah. and his scoring accomplishments yeah, yeah. is that he he's is be, a facilitator. He's going to be in the top 5 all-time in assist. He's going to be in the top 3 all-time in scoring. He's going to be in the top 10 all-time in rebounds. 
and I don't even know where he stands as far as you know assists and, and, and steals and, and or not, yeah not assists steals and blocks yeah and double doubles and and minutes played and games played and all these other things um you know he's just shattering all these he had the most expectations he had the expectation to be all of this and he's just like done it so it's it's not impressed people people aren't as impressed yeah they don't want to see him do it and no and, and they don't want to give him credit it's he's a he's a weird uh it's he's a weird thing in sports i mean with the lost finals you know and and then all the accolades on top of it it's like it's just really easy to go either way the off court you know he was the first the banana bow boys kind of ushered in the social media you know teammates being friends and building teams and off the court and all this kind of stuff well and it's like it's like you just said and i i said it two weeks ago when I, I gave that impassioned speech to LeBron uh, when I was very upset with him is it's Laker fans don't care about what you've done in the past. We want, we care about what you do now for us. Yeah, but it's just like at a point that, that is that I understand wh- why you have that attitude and that's a good attitude to have. But sometimes, you know, like no, but I'm people, they, they should be recognizing like what's going on. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause and, like, say if Kevin Durant passed Michael Jordan scoring, as a like a like playing for the the Warriors in the in LA, you know, playing against the Lakers, I the think, Lakers would stop the fucking game and I, give yeah. them a round of applause. It's because of well, they gave LeBron a two minute video tribute. No, no, and, during the timeout. No, but, but it's like, but Kevin Durant doesn't even play for the Lakers. You know what right. I mean? That's how that's how it would be if Kevin Durant or Trace McGrady or any of these like. You know, if Dwayne Wade, if all any of these guys did it, we would be talking about it forever about yeah. passing the goat. But it's LeBron. We got we got different standards, so we don't give him any credit, <laughs> which is which is fucked up. I mean, it's just crazy. But that's all right. I mean, I know where he stands. You know where he stands. Yeah, he's a he's a facilitator. Yeah, he's Magic Johnson with Michael Jordan scoring. It's you know. it's it's absolutely remarkable what he's done. Over the course he, of his he scored career. more points than Michael Jordan without trying to like, yeah, be you know an NBA leading scorer. You know, yeah. Mike was out there trying to kill people, um, and he was trying to. And he says he could you know average forty in today's game, <laughs> but that's just not LeBron's game, and he still did it. Yeah, crazy. But all right, enough with the Lakers. Uh, there's a few other headlines I wanted to talk about. I thought you were going to say there's a few other teams in the NBA. Oh well. There's 29 other teams in the NBA, but only one matters to me. All right, so once again, Russell Westbrook found himself in the middle of a confrontation with a fan Monday night in Utah. There are multiple reports that the fan was yelling racist taunts and even old tweets that mentioned Westbrook with racial undertones that had been brought to the surface. Um, Former NBA PA, or excuse me, not former, she is the current, Uh, executive director of the NBA Players Association, Michelle Roberts, uh, told Mark Spears of ESPN uh, about the incident, uh, quote, we should all insist that uh, a zero tolerance policy needs to be implemented at arenas in the face of uh, misconduct by fans. Players don't have the luxury of being able to unilaterally ban unruly fans from the arenas, uh, a la James Dolan, which we can talk about as well. Uh, the arenas therefore have to do a better job of insulating our players. The fan uh, that got into it with Russell Westbrook has since been permanently banned uh, by the arena in Utah for all of the events that go on at the arena, not just Utah Jazz games. 
and Russell Westbrook was fined $25,000 for directing cuss words in a threatening manner towards a fan. A separate Utah Jazz fan has created a GoFundMe for $25,000 to donate to the Human Rights Campaign Foundation as a way to basically say, like, that one guy isn't what all Utah Jazz fans are about. Well, he's trying to change the narrative of yeah. fans of Utah because that is what people think of when they think of Utah and Indiana. What do you think of when you think of their exactly. fans? Uh, Utah, a, there's Utah. There's a specific reason. There's a reason why we think that the way we think yeah i mean it's utah, not it's not just because we're like picking those two yeah utah utah and utah jazz fans have a certain reputation when it comes to nba teams and there have been multiple incidents mm-hmm. with fans in utah between players and even i believe it was in the 70s or 80s there was a legitimate fight between the golden state warriors and fans of the utah jazz in the arena yeah um but i want to talk more about today and Basically, when when is the NBA going to start taking these incidents more seriously? Well, and I think it's just tough because we're in such a sensitive time uh, of life in general. Yeah, Um, it's tough to like. It's a judgment call now. You know what I mean? Now you now you're like now you're putting it in the hands of security to be like, all right, who gets to stay and who gets to go? What comment? is like okay like you suck you know well like, here's the and thing. then what what comment is like that's like that's what we're trying to stop well here's the thing and i think lebron actually said it best when he was asked about it we all know when that when somebody is crossing the line when it no, comes I to know, hackling. no and those ones will be fine the the ones that we know that'll be fine but you better be 100 percent sure well you, you, i think a, you know you know i mean you know 100 percent that they're gonna there's gonna be times where it's down the middle where it's like and you know if and if it's ever that situation, it's just going to cause you know it's just tough. It just makes it a judgment call. Yeah, you know, just, like what if a player is like this guy's like saying, but the fan is like, not nah, that's not what he's saying. Well, and that's you know when I mean? where, that's where when you draw the line. That's when other fans like what happened in Utah uh, on Monday. That's when other fans need to step up and basically be good Samaritans. And I I can't believe I'm saying this. Almost snitches. But, like, need to point it out and say, like, yo, no, this is what he said. Yeah, it, it's going to be – yeah, no, I mean, it is tough. It's just – it sucks that it even happens. That's the that's the tough part. But I think – I mean, I think security and players, you know, if they can just be on the same page, if, you know, it, a player shouldn't have to, like, point out a fan during a game. Yeah. Um, but if it comes to that, then security should have the right to toss people like I think they did. Um, well, no, he the guy did an well, interview yeah, in the stadium. At, yeah, it's it was after the game too, or is at the end of the game, right? Uh, yeah, the Russ was on Russ was on yeah, the bench. Sideline. But I mean, it's just like the they should have if a security guard feels like there's something being said that's inappropriate, they should have the right to throw him out. Now you do you just leave yourself open and being liable to people being like, yo, I wasn't saying yeah. shit like that well but I mean, that's like the biggest threat of it i mean and to to like make it better for the players i think it's probably worth it but i think the utah jazz and the nba like killed this situation yeah no they handled it extremely like, well like rush should be fine you can't like cuss and threaten like people like, yeah i mean you what know, he, like he was reacting so he's in the fault too 
And that's a and that's a that the, he didn't get fined a hundred grand. No, that, he didn't get fined half a mil. Twenty five thousand dollars is not, a slap on the wrist for and Russ. The, and it's good that they find him. So that was like more important. And Russ probably paid it. He doesn't give a shit. You know no, what I mean? He wrote that and check and the Utah, had no second and thoughts. And for Utah to ban the fan, that's like, I think it was handled perfectly. Other than the fan should have been kicked out before it got to that point. Right. Which is what we're trying to figure out how to handle. Right. It's and just going to be tough. You're giving security judgment calls, but, you know. And it's really on the honor system yeah. for for fans to go to the game and know that there is a line that you cannot cross when it comes to heckling players. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and it's my like, high school had this shit. My high school had these rules. Dude. You know what I mean? And and just like I'm saying, there's sometimes kids would know that they fucking said something they weren't supposed to say. And they'd get kicked out with, with a smile on their face. They dude. didn't care. And then there'd be some times when you kick him out and be like, I wasn't saying shit. Yeah. You know, that's just going to happen. But, the, I mean, that's how, that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's unfortunate that there are people in the world that yeah. don't understand this and will just think they can say and do whatever they want with no well, repercussions. Well, it's like to get under the skin of someone this confident and this, like— you got to be saying something yeah, crazy. Yeah, because to me, I never understood how a player would want to ever even, like— banter back with the fan because you're just like dipping to their level and you're so much you should be holding your standards so much higher than any of right. these fans you know what i mean i the, just like when i talk about kd and how i hate that he feels like he has to defend himself but at a, you know at a certain point it's like but, we got to remember these athletes are humans like that you can't cross yeah i mean if russell westbrook can play a game against patrick beverly and not like sock him in the face right you know, he can listen to some fans, give him some bullshit about his play or his his fashion or his, you know, his style or him not being able to win. You can throw all this shit at him, but it's like it, obviously something was said outside of that realm. Yeah. Of and, shit that he feels confident about. And real, realistically, how many of those people that are are saying all this mean and nasty shit that is crossing the line? How many of them are really going to say that to the player's face when they're not 15 Never. rows deep? Zero percent. Exactly. And, but, and so they feel like they have a, they have a net. They feel like they can get away they with whatever a, they want. They, it's like, you know, it's, it's like a fucking caged animal in captivity. That's how they feel like. They feel like they can poke at it. Yep. And they can yell at it. And they can, like, try to scare it and bang on the glass or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Um, but that's these are human beings. That's not how it is, and that's why the NBA players now are, are you know, and they've spoke out about this before. It's not a new issue. No, and this um, isn't Russ's first incident in Utah. Yeah, it's just that we're trying to – we're in a day and age now where we're trying to, like, this is zero tolerance for this bullshit. Yeah. Rightfully so. And we got to, you know, we got to fix it because that's not, you know, these guys are entertainers. You're paying to watch these guys. Exactly. You, but you don't have the right to – you know, treat them however you want. Right. Or say whatever you want. Right. So, yeah, I mean, enough enough about that. Let's yeah, I think that, that situation was handled, um, that situation specifically was handled correctly. And, you know, the bigger issue, what we talked about is, you know, we'll see it, we'll see it try to get fixed within the next year or two probably. Yeah. New rules implemented. Yeah. So – how stupid can Serge Ibaka be going after Marquise Chris? I mean, the Raptors are in a hunt to yeah. be the Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals. 
Serge, this, is Sur- this is Serge, though. But he I has mean, to he has to control himself. He can't go after a player on a 17-win yeah, team. I always get uh, these these kind of moments are always confusing for me because I'm this type of pl- I'm this type of guy emotionally. As far so as, am like, I. Competitive wise, so it's really tough to go. It, you, I go back and forth, but it's like like that that animal that beast part of Serge that competitor like not getting punked around. That's the reason why. He's an all-defensive player. 100%. That's the reason why he's a rim protector. That's the reason why he and, is a, who he is in the league. That's Yeah, so every now and then, just like Draymond and Ron Artest and Kevin Garnett and, and all these guys. They have their outbursts. That's They're great because of it. So sometimes sometimes their greatness you know, gets them in the negative, but I take it because you know if I'm a Surge, I'm a Surge fan, if I'm a Raptors fan, I'm upset of the timing, just like the timing of Draymond. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the finals against the Cavs. It's like, it is unfortunate timing, but. And Rasheed Wallace was another one of those guys again, yep. suspended at the wrong time. But I got to take it because so many more times than not, that it helps me than it hurts me. It's just, I just always go back to the argument. It's like. And it's just like, dude, when uh, you never see basketball players or athletes in yeah. general throwing hands like well, that. Well, yeah, like they actually, like. This was one of the actual like NBA fights I mean, where they were actually him, throwing. He hands. took him by the neck. Oh, he had his hand fully around yeah, his neck. Yeah, Marquise Chris is not not gonna do well in this matchup. Well, I just I, I just for me, I always go back to if this were to happen in a playoff series like what happened with Draymond, yeah. it costs the a effect lot. that yeah, it, the it effect does. that it could have and it's it just, does, but what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just tell this guy to like never I don't know. You can't stop it. But Mar- it. It's unfortunate. He should be smarter than that. But and Marquise Chris didn't even say anything. He just looked at him. Yeah, he's, but he tried to demean him, and that's where Serge like stands up. He doesn't let people demean him. Yeah. But all right, last thing I wanted to get to, uh, and it's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, on Monday night, Clippers Lou Williams passed Del Curry for the most points scored off the bench in NBA history. Lou has only started 109 out of a possible 923 games played in his career. The top three bench scorers in history are Lou Williams now at number one, Del Curry number two, and Jamal Crawford at number three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Del Curry out of the equation for a second because I never got to see him play. But we both know Lou Williams is a two-time and reigning sixth man of the year, mm-hmm. and Jamal Crawford has three of those bad boys. Yep. People might call me crazy, but I think Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford are both Hall of Famers. Yeah, I don't think they are. They probably I, – I don't think they are. I think not playing on a championship team hurts them a little bit. I think that being a sixth man kind of hurts them a little bit. But I think being a sixth but man and but, showing how much impact they have on the team. But they're setting it up for some guys down – it's like a DH. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like – it's kind of like in that DH where it's like – Maybe maybe in a generation when there's you know they've gotten you know analytics have gotten so far where there's second rotational player your first and your second rotation need to be even yeah you know where you have your rotation one like score and your rotation two score and they don't necessarily have to be a scorer to be Hall of Famer I mean these two guys are are legit studs but I don't think they're Hall of Famers. Well, I mean, for the, for the record, Lou Dell. Which sucks, this, and this is why it's always hard to rank people all the time because, like, Lou Will and Jamal Crawford and, like, Tony Parker. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how many nights have we seen, like, those two be just as impressive as a Tony Parker, but Tony Parker's a shoe in Exactly. 
I mean, for the for the record, all three Lou, Dell, and Jamal's Hall of Fame probability on Basketball Reference is zero percent. Yeah, I, I just they, you know, it's tough. I, the The Hall of Fame is tough. I think it should be held to super super high regards. I just uh, think I just think both Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. I think a they're identical players mm-hmm. in both the styles of style they play and the situation they put themselves in yeah. as the sixth man on any team that they they yeah. are on. Yeah. I just think they've had careers to where their impact to the game of basketball, There's like a, like 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 I say in the argument of of trying to figure out if a player is worthy of the Hall of Fame, can you tell the story of basketball without Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford? I don't think you can. It's yeah, it's just tough though, you know, like because now, I mean, you have to compare them like a starters. He, they're not a starter because they can't. They're you can't put them out there every single night against a starting point guard and have them play defense against a starting point or a starting two, and have them play complementary role than their starter. Like, what are the odds that they're going to be the number one scorer on a yeah. team uh, with the first unit and be able to play alongside another? They got to be able to play alongside another scorer, and they got to be able to play defense. No, you put them with the second unit. They can cook anybody that's trying to guard them, and their their defensive responsibility is just cut enormously uh, down from a starting point guard to a backup point guard. And they got the green light to just shoot it whenever they want because they're yeah. with the second unit. So it's it's uh, you know like if they're a starter, you may not think that they would be a Hall of Famer. You know what True. I mean? They might have a different it's, career path. Listen, where, the NBA is all about opportunity, and if they didn't. Those guys aren't losing sleep over it. No, hundred percent they're not. But these are, but these are the not. reason why they're not in the Hall of Fame. It's I'm like, just trying to give. I'm just trying to give whole, them props. There is a hole, and they are great at their role, but their role isn't like the the most important role. You know what I mean? No. It's not as it's not as important as like the the start. You know, the no, starting they, stars. They're not it's the not. focal point of the offense. But and they play big time minutes, and they're great players, but not Hall of Famers. I'm just trying to give. I'm just trying to yeah. give them props. I mean, Ginobili was like damn near a bench player most of his career. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hundred percent. And he's going to get in there, but it's just because he won. He won championships. We we saw him have the. You know, he they, had those showed, moments in yeah, the playoffs. They showed him to be clutch. Yeah, he could play with anybody. Uh, yeah. They weren't able to show. So, all right. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to give uh, Lou Will and Jamal Crawford some no, props. No, for sure. They're, Be, they're and, and, the best. And you like know? you like you said, they're they're not going to lose sleep over not and getting De- into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Del Curry played a long time. I mean, I think he played yeah. 15 years. Yeah. So like his scoring off the bench, he was just like a role player. Right. These guys, Lou Will and 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 uh, Jamal. Jamal Crawford. Are like their starter talents that, like we just said, for other reasons, they were finishing games. They weren't necessarily right. They're starting not starting them. them, but they're finishing them. Yeah, I think they were better players than Del Curry. Del Curry just scored a lot of points because he played for a really, really long time. Yeah, and that and that's why I took Dell out of the equation because I never got to, yeah. got to see him play really. Yeah, Del Curry to me is not like uh, in the you know he's not like one of the best six men ever. I mean, he's right. obviously one of them, but not like top five. All right. You got a shout out before we get out of here? I'm shouting out the Tar Heels um, okay. because they whooped that ass again. Um, got Duke in the ACC tournament. Um, I believe they just got their they just got their first uh, win against Louisville. I think today was today's oh. the, today's the start of the um, 
the uh, ACC tournament. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt your North North Carolina Tar Heel shout out, but um, I, we have to bring this up. But Zion's deciding to play. Yeah, and so Zion's back tonight. He's back right now. He's playing as we speak. How, how's he looking? How's he? Well, what's he well, got? What's I the mean, box score look like? You got? Uh, we, we got nothing. I, oh, I mean, we got nothing. All right. I'm cool. just looking at the top little bar here. Got it. I'm All not right. trying to go down the the rabbit hole of Duke <laughs> while I'm shouting out North Carolina. Um, but North Carolina beat Duke, slid into the top three uh, team in the country, starting out the ACC tournament with a win. I like them to get a to get a one seed in the tourney. That'd be dope. Make life easy. I mean, if they beat Duke three times, it's fucking – it's got to go down. <laughs> they got to give it to him, especially if they beat Duke when they get Zion. Yeah. No, I mean, you have to, you have to give North Carolina the credit it's due. But my shout-out this weekend is to a Chinese Kobe fanatic by the name of Liu Ji. I definitely butchered that, but oh well. Uh, he, con- he was contacted by someone on Instagram trying to sell him a signed Kobe Bryant Lower Marion jersey – and G ended up buying the jersey for approximately $2,000, according to ESPN. Mm-hmm. When G got the jersey, he soon came to realize that it looked very similar to the Kobe jersey that had been stolen from Lower Marion in 2017 uh, when a bunch of Kobe memorabilia had been taken from the high school. G initially wanted to give the jersey back to Kobe in person when Kobe was in China last week for the 2019 FIBA World Cup draw but ultimately connected with someone associated with Lower Marion High School uh, and the basketball program and mm-hmm. mailed the jersey back to the school. Once, uh, once the school received the jersey, they took it to the Lower Marion Police Department and a detective took it to like a local sports memorabilia shop uh, in town or whatever, and they had the jer- jersey authenticated and yeah. to see if the signature was indeed Kobe's. Yeah, where it's at on the jersey and all that. Yeah, and it was deemed that the jersey was indeed the jersey that was stolen in 2017. And so basically how they were able to figure out that it was the jersey was there were 10 replica Lower Marion 33 jerseys made by the school they were given to school boosters school officials mm-hmm. uh but one was to remain in the school gym and kobe signed all 10 of them yeah so basically they were able to yeah. to figure out that this was the jersey that ended ended up getting stolen and i remember we talked about it on the show when it happened yeah um but g the only the guy who bought the jersey and then ultimately returned it uh the only thing he's looking for in return to meet Kobe. No, he's met Kobe multiple times. Oh, okay. He just wants Kobe to know that the jersey is back in the school's possession. Yeah, so he just wants he just wants credit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I'm I mean, I'm shouting out him. Yeah, that's dope. That's a that's a cool thing. I mean, you get a lot more out of that. Like, yeah, it'd been dope to have like his signed high school jersey, but you get a lot more out of that. Like feeling good about well, it. Well, and Kobe being part of his history now. Like, yeah, you affected his high school. And like you know he, I mean, as the, a fan, that would be pretty cool. And, and I was reading the, I was reading the ESPN article about it, and like this guy is like a Kobe fanatic. Yeah. Like he's met Kobe on multiple occasions in the United States at promotional so events in Chinese, weird. borderline. Yeah. Um, but it's it's awesome that yeah. he no, was cool, was cool, cool enough to did. return the jersey. No, it's cool he did that. He obviously didn't need it. He would rather do the right thing. Yeah, but don't forget, uh, like we said at the top. The 2019 TSK Show Bracket Challenge is here. 
Selection Sunday is this Sunday, so the tournament starts right, next week. Right now, right now, now that we've done the shoutouts, I've been holding back, but right now Zion's nine for nine with 21 points and nine rebounds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's halftime. Well. So at, at, at the end of – in his comeback game, at the end of the half, he's nine for nine. And he's wearing the Kyries tonight, yeah. not the Paul Georges. Still not. He needs to be rocking bronze to me. So – all right, like I was saying, the 2019 TSK Show Bracket Challenge is here. Selection yep. Sunday is this Sunday. Uh, get your brackets in. Uh, you can go to the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or the webpage. Just search the group name TSK Show MM Challenge to join the group or go to any of our social media profiles to find the link. I'll post it on our uh, Twitter and Facebook as soon as we are done recording this. Uh, and if you win the 2019 TSK show bracket challenge, you will win a $25 visa gift card courtesy of the TSK show. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK show. Don't forget. You can find us at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to the TSK show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace. Later.